Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents The Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food, and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Hello once again, everyone. Thank you, everyone, listening to more Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. Thank you 10,000 times over, plus a few more since then. Last Thursday, when I looked before opening up that day's show, 10,001 downloads. Thank you, thank you all so very much. Tell you what, we have a couple of great chats this week. Later in the show, actor-director Casey Ring, he's headed to Mankato to get his Masters of Fine Art with an emphasis on directing. Coming up in a few minutes, she started off just singing karaoke, and now after some encouragement, she's a lead singer for the Rewinder Band. We talk with Valerie Ahrens. Before that, we'll give away the coveted weekly honorable mention, as well as draw for the winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. But let's start the show properly. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty. We can't wait for Friday, so a day early, we start the party. All right, lift them high. Whatever's appropriate for the time of day or where you're listening. You know, you probably don't want to lift up a Jasper Newton like I do, Jack Daniels Diet Coke for the line, while you're actually working for the man. You know, I, I don't mean that as a sexual tone about men being in charge, but, you know, the old phrase about tired of giving it for the man. Okay, you've got my drift? Good. Here's what we're toasting this week. It's the sparkling eyes. You see, one of my other side gigs is as a wedding officiant. This past Sunday, I had the honor of performing the ceremony for Lisa and Josh Mayfield. As the officiant, you get a great perspective on the bride and groom as they exchange vows and rings. Let's just say, beaming. And then it made me think of everybody that has sparkling eyes. You see some sparkling eyes? Tell them, those are great. Your eyes really sparkle. You know, people need compliments, so make sure that you do that. The Weekend Eve Toast has been brought to you by Ale Hop Brewery Tours. Let Jason get you there so you can indulge without the responsibility. That's uh, something that was said on Facebook by James. He went on to compliment uh, Jason on his knowledge of the local craft beer scene. No matter what brewery in Sioux Falls is your favorite, or you want to add on a distillery, Ale Hop Brewery Tours gets you and your friends there in a really cool van. All you have to do is enjoy the beer or the spirits. Book your private tours at alehopbrewerytours.com. If you're already out and about on the weekend, hop on a public tour. For more info, call 605-777-2183. That is 605-777-2183. Ale Hop Brewery Tours, where micro-fans meet micro-brews. You know what goes well with beer? Pizza. <laughs> it's time to pick a lucky winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. Everyone that follows the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook or Instagram is automatically entered. We draw one name each week. And this week, congratulations to Kent Metzger. He wins a pizza from Sonny's Pizzeria. Congratulations. And Kent will be in touch to get you all set up for some jowl-dropping, show-stopping, thin-crust pizza. Pizza with a Podcaster brought to you by Sonny's Pizzeria right across from USF at 26th and Waltz. And Sonny's at 81 on South Phillips. Check out the very fun and incredibly flavorful menu online, sonnyspizzeria.com. 
www.thepodcastmaker.com. Honorable mention. What has made Dave smile, laugh, guffaw, chuckle, chortle, laugh, and maybe slap his knee at the same time? Or perhaps it was a moment of silence that made me contemplate something. Hell no, not this week. (laughs) It was raucous. It's a two-for-one deal. Last Friday, Lyra Dance held their seventh season show. It was amazing from start to end. The last routine they performed prior to taking their bows was... And all that jazz from the musical Chicago. Three incredible singers from Goodnight Theater sang it. No, 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 no. They belted it out. Great job by Lyra with extra mention to Jess Johansson, Martha Stye, Winkleblick, and Brittany Hansen. Could not have had a more powerful, electric, and fitting finale. Great job to everyone involved in that production. Okay, coming up later in the show, he'd like to be introduced in another four years as, well, maybe only three, as a Professor Ring. We talked to actor, director, former Old Town executive director, Casey Ring. Coming up next, from karaoke, the lead singer, and wait until you hear what else she wants to do, Valerie Ahrens. On the Dave Holly Hour. Sure, they have darts, and you've heard me talk about how ruggedly handsome the trivia host is, but all caps fun never stops at the Sky Lounge and Tea. And fun is best had with your friends enjoying live entertainment, as in live and local. Yeah, the Sky Lounge believes in giving you the best bands, solo artists, and comedians from the area. The Neo Johnsons, Elizabeth Hunstead, Skylar Volks, as well as many others. And a great staff will make sure you enjoy your fun at the Sky Lounge in T South Dakota. Comedy magician and hypnotist Jesse Moffitt's right. He can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605-929-0964. The Dave Holly Hour, like eavesdropping on a great conversation between two very interesting people. Welcome back, everyone. You know what I like to say, it's always a pleasure, especially when I get to interview new people and uh, find out a little bit more about them and what uh, entertains them as well as being an entertainer or performer or artist in their own rights. And this time we get to say hello to Valerie Ahrens from the band Rewinder. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? Doing fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, so let's uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what got you involved and so forth in being a musician and a singer. Uh, Luck. (laughs) Pure luck. (laughs) Um, I didn't sing up until about 10 years ago. Really? Uh, Not really a thing for me Uh uh-huh and i had sang a lot by myself well then about 10 years into mine and my husband's relationship we went on a date and Mm -hmm. i said let's go do some karaoke and he thought that was weird because i'd never asked to do karaoke before seriously yeah so and the kids were little and he didn't really he had never seen that side of me before so we went out for karaoke and i sang my first song and i sat down at the table next to him and he's staring at me i can see his eyes staring at me and i look at him and i said what and he goes where what was that where did that come from (laughs) he's like i've never heard you do that before and that was the rest is history we sang karaoke every weekend after that okay and then um, which is probably where i've actually seen you before probably chasers is our like okay our home spot well see i'm now uh starting back again on the uh, 16th of august we'll be at chasers every tuesday hosting trivia Ooh, fun. Yeah, so like that'll trivia. be good to get. But, uh, but I've sang there uh, a few times yeah. at karaoke. Uh, we end up at uh, Red Rock yep. uh, quite often with uh, Crazy Frank Crazy over there Frank. on the second Saturday of the month. Yep. So that's probably how can we look so familiar. And it's like, boy, i got to become this gal's friend. She's in a band and so forth. <laughs> and I like to have musicians on and yeah. uh, different uh, artists and want to chit-chat about everything and entertainment. Uh, so 
had you taken any formal classes? No, um, I figured out pretty quickly that singing is a 100% teachable skill. Mm -hmm. It's not something you have to be born with. Right. I mean, some people are born talented, but um, it's something you can literally teach yourself. And so, you know, I would hear songs and I'd say, I want to do that. And so I'd, I'd sing it over and over and over in my car until I had it like nailed. And yeah, so we went to karaoke for years and years and years. And then it was my husband's birthday. I think it was his 39th, 38th birthday. I don't even remember, but um, I sang a Whitney Houston song and somebody posted the video or I posted the video of it for my mom to watch. Mm -hmm. She wanted to see it. And I was at a Roller Dolls potluck. <laughs> I was their medic for years. And um, I got this message from a girlfriend of mine, Angie Kepford. And she said, so there's a band whose lead singer is moving to Germany. Uh, do, would you want to audition? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> it was on my bucket list. Just really? Once in my life, I want to sing with a live band. That was on my bucket list. Just once. Despite the fact that just a few years prior, you had uh, begun karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I still love karaoke. Yeah. Like, I still will make the rounds. Okay. So uh, what was the first karaoke song? My first karaoke song was actually a Grease song, which is weird because I don't particularly like the movie Grease. But <laughs> yeah, it was a Grease song because I knew it very well. <laughs> but I do have a rule that every time I go sing karaoke, I have to sing at least one song I've never sang okay. karaoke before. So that's a fun challenge. Yeah, it is, too. You know, for those who don't do it uh, often, uh, yeah. you know, it is nice to at some point then go, I better add to the repertoire. Mm -hmm. And so you start to think of songs or you hear songs, you go, you know, that's maybe one I could do. And then other people kind of chime in and say, you know, you'd be great if you did this one and so you forth. That one, yeah. yeah. And so then you kind of get that. So then what was the first song with a band? Um, so... I ended up getting a message from Eldon and we friended each other and I went and auditioned for them. I was sick, sick as a dog. <laughs> I had actually left a family reunion early to go home and sleep on the couch. And um, Eldon convinced me to come to the audition and I did. My daughter came with me with like a bag of like tissues and cough drops and nasal spray, you know, and auditioned. And then they offered me the role. Of course, Eldon had to make sure that I was somebody who, I wasn't a flake, of course, mm -hmm. which is fine. I don't mind that. I'm a farmer's daughter. It's it's what it is. And so then what they did was they had me come and sing a couple songs before Mel's actual departure. And I believe it was Paris by, oh gosh, what's her name? Is that Grace Potter? She sings Paris. Ooh la la. Well, that could be. Yeah. You know, when it comes to, you know, contemporary music, I'm not the greatest. Yeah. I, Give me Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, Tony Bennett. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and Eldon's kind of the same way about Kiss and, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Your yeah, older rock old, uh, Classic rock, and uh, I especially love Southern rock. Oh, yeah. 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 I like a little bit of everything. But that was the first song I believe I sang. And then I sang a um, Carrie Underwood song. I believe. But yeah, I was nervous. I actually had come from a bout, a roller derby bout, where I was medic and like raced over to the Alpine because they were still doing bands at the time <laughs> and got I up there the and sang a couple songs. And Melanie Coolmoose, Colmoose, I believe was mm -hmm. her last name, she was actually there and, um, I said, well, how, how, was, how did that feel for you? And she's like, oh, it kind of makes me a little sad, you know. But um, she was really supportive, and it went really well. Like, you know, my parents came and stuff. It was mm -hmm. no big deal, you know. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. What was the challenge of that to yourself? You said it was on the bucket list, but still, to go from, you know, singing a bunch of bar stuff you get to read the lyrics in front of, mm -hmm. To going in and auditioning for a band, that's that's a jump. It I'm not shy, so that helps a right. lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean being an extrovert, I understand. I, I'm I'm quite extroverted, yeah. Um, but I think for me it was there were songs that were introduced to the set list as we started 
kind of um, reframing what the band looked like. Mm -hmm. And I would hear the song or I would look at the song that I was going to be singing and think, I don't I don't really get this song. Like, I don't get the appeal of the song or why anybody thinks this is a good song. And then I would start singing it and I'm like, oh, that's fun. That is a fun song to sing. I I take back what I said. I'm sorry I yelled. But um, I think one of the bigger challenges was kind of understanding that it is actual work. You know, there is actual work involved in it and dedication. So how often do you rehearse then? Not very often. Our drummer, our current drummer, actually lives quite a bit up north, um, Britain, South Dakota. And so we don't, and he, our drummer and our bass player are also in ZZ3. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of shows that they travel yeah, for got a lot so, of their gigs to start with right so a lot of times our rehearsals will be snuck in when we go to a gig like it's a friday saturday and we're staying at the casino or whatever and we'll warm up and do sound check and in the afternoon before a show and sometimes we'll just like just jump and just do it you know did you practice your part yep did you practice your part yep yep whatever let's do this all right, so you, you mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, there is work to it, but what was the thing that surprised you most? What have you learned most about getting into a band and being involved in one? I think how you're making, you're being crazy over there. That coaster didn't stick well. I know, and I'm about to, like, get moisture on your desktop, and I need a coaster, too. I'm kind Here, of, I'll toss you this one. Okay. I'm kind of a You're coaster freak. You're now an official uh, Chicago Cubs fan. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to Wrigley Field next <gasps> week. God bless you. Not for a baseball game, though. <laughs> Who's playing? Lady Gaga. Oh, wow. Excellent. At Wrigley Field. <laughs> so um, that's another bucket list item. I'm really excited. Yeah, about, so. no doubt. Um, I think the thing that surprised me the most is how tight the community is. Um joining a band 110% changed my life. Mm -hmm. I was working in um, like a psychiatric nursing home at the time. A lot of weekends, a lot of nights, a lot of overtime. And I had to kind of find a job that um, Would all your time for the gigs? I wanted to work at a place that close. (laughs) Nursing homes don't close. And the, the people are very tight and know each other very well. And I've made a significant number of friends just from joining the band. And I I was very blessed to join a band that was actually quite established at the mm-hmm. time. So, you know, Al Bourbon was a drummer when I joined. And then Scott Walters played bass. Yeah. And he's playing with Matt D now. And um, Eldon is probably one of the best guitarists in the area, hands down. And so I was very blessed to join a band that was already kind of established and just make some amazing friends you know that's one of the things that that comes up so practically weekly on this show is uh, the fact that uh, the arts and entertainment community here in the sioux empire uh while everybody wants their piece of the pie it's not this competitive boom 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 hit each other in the head it's very collaborative. Very much so. And you, you find somebody, um, you know, that you just mentioned, Al Bourbon, uh, you know, who's also played with uh, Corey and the Fireflies and, uh, you know, has he fills in for anybody that needs him in jazz and yep. so forth. Uh, and then you talk about somebody going over and playing with Matt D, who just finally decided, yeah, I guess I want to do a band again. Yeah. Uh, and so forth. And it's just so great to see how everybody comes together. And, uh, yeah, so you've gotten yourself in well then. You know, if, oh, yeah. you, if you're with one of those people and you can... There's so many other things that pop up from this, too. It's true. I've recorded a couple of jingles for commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been asked to come in and like do some ancillary backup vocals right. for people recording their albums. Um, I have had a lot of people ask me, oh, I kind of have, I have this song I've been working on. It would sound a lot better with a female vocalist. You know, I kind of have you in mind. And so a lot of that has come up. Um But also, I think one of the most surprising things that I discovered from all of this is the the women currently in the live music circuit Mm -hmm. are we're all friends, right? We're all friends with each other. We all hang out with each other. (laughs) We encourage each other. You know, my good friend Savannah and SOS. I've been just 
announcing their praises for months and months and months and they built that band from the ground up and to see them at red rock and k-back giving them a shout out mm-hmm. that was cool like that is really like i i really like that that everybody kind of cheers each other on right so you ever played any instrument i played piano okay most of my childhood and kind of into high school um, does the rest of the band know this yes okay <laughs> <laughs> um at the time when i first joined the band Al hogged all the channels, so we could, we didn't have yeah. room for keys. Yeah, you set up a key or you set up a drum set, and it takes like six mics minimum. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you know, we we definitely got out of helping tear down the drums because don't touch <laughs> Al's drums. That's how that goes. <laughs> Which set? Huh? Which set of Al's drums? Yes, yeah, he's got several. Yeah, yeah. Just I didn't even touch the cymbals. <laughs> so, you know it. I've thought about it. I've kind of brought up, you know, maybe I want to play some keys here and there, mm-hmm. whatever. But I tried to learn guitar for a while, and it's just it just doesn't click with my brain. You know, maybe I'll try a bass guitar down the road, but you're never too late to learn. Yeah, I, I tried bass for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed it, but just wasn't playing it enough and, and so forth, and uh, so finally had to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, Dave, stick to talking. <laughs> it's my second talk, favorite thing. Yeah, talk to people about their passion, and obviously this has become a, a big passion for you. Very much so. Uh, it's interesting, though, that you know you really hadn't thought about it. You jump into the karaoke, now you're in a band and so forth. What else you want to do with it? Um, community theater. I blocked okay. off December, actually. <clears throat> I was actually really bummed out i couldn't audition for young frankenstein oh. but it just didn't fit into my schedule yeah because i now you're thinking christmas carol yeah so i think i'm well mm-hmm. i auditioned for cabaret okay and got a call back mm-hmm. and couldn't go to callbacks because i realized oh, some of the right. shows interfered, interfered with, some, with of my some of the gigs yep <clears throat> and then i went to the um the little cabaret thing that they have down at the Washington Pavilion. Oh, Good Night Theater Cabaret? Yeah. Yep. yeah. I went there. I initially went because Zach Dresch was drumming, and I thought, oh, this will be a fun thing to check out. So Heartbeat for that man. Oh, yeah. Love definitely. Him. Definitely. And so, you know, I've been kind of following what he's been up to mm-hmm. and, you know, wanting to attend some of that stuff. So on a whim, a girlfriend of mine and I went to that, and behind me, this gal goes, Valerie? And I turned around, and it was the choreographer for Cabaret. She's like, you didn't come to callbacks. We had an actual conversation uh-huh. about how you didn't come to callbacks. And I was like, yeah, it just didn't fit into my schedule. And she's like, well, you're going to you're gonna come back and audition for more, right? And I said, oh, yeah. So I did Block Off December for Wonderful. from the band so that I can audition for A Christmas Carol. And then next April, because I want to audition for Cinderella. Fantastic! I know. You know, we're uh, season ticket holders. Just picked them up the other day. In fact, and I gotta uh, do that. we're also season ticket holders for Good Night Theater for uh, Old Town Corson. Yeah, we kind of like going to stuff. That's good, though. But you know what's really great about it? Uh, and, and you know, Robin Byrne just left, but uh, in a couple of weeks we're going to have the new director, uh, Oliver Mays, on uh, to talk about uh, you know how he sees it going forward and so forth. But what I love about it is, you know, it's growing so much in terms of the production value, mm-hmm. the talent that we have in this town. Yes, is also unmatched, and yes. uh, Robin was aware of that, and he says, you know, we're just as good as anybody in Omaha or Minneapolis. Yep, and so we start to see that, but yet, what's cool is you can say, oh gosh, yeah, I went down there, and uh, well, my barber was in that show. And so yeah. forth. So it's still people that they, uh, you know, we do have a lot of people in this town that fortunately are able to make a living in arts and entertainment. But there's still those that they've got to have their regular job. Yep. Uh, but they put their heart and soul into everything else that's available. Yep. And that's what's so fun to see about it. And so even though we may change the name uh, to Premier Playhouse, etc., uh, it's still community driven. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's another part of that, you know, whole collaboration versus competition part. And it's just the fact that it's uh, wonderful how everything comes together. And, uh, you know, there's a, another new thing that I just participated in recently for Premier Playhouse. And, uh, well, I think I can say it now that 
the play that I was reading for got in to be one of the finalists. And so uh, coming up, yeah, it is very much so. Uh, nothing official on it yet, but uh, looking forward to it. But, you know, it's just all the things that are coming about. Uh, in fact, uh, this uh, coming weekend, uh, my wife and I are going to go to Annie Jr., which is part of the Penguin Pro- Project. Yeah. Where it's... Uh, Anybody of any ability, yeah, it can be on stage, and they'll maybe have a shadow there to help them out if they, you know, kind of need a line or something, or to if they're, you know, in a wheelchair, yep, uh, maybe need to uh, get them over to a particular spot on the stage and so forth. But just the beautiful things that are taking place, how fulfilling! Yeah, and and I uh, I applaud you that you know, hey, yeah, I'm singing right now and having fun, but. I want to do some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. We went to, a girlfriend of mine and I went to Escape to Margaritaville or mm-hmm. whatever that is. And there was um, a part where, and I know that other people who have been kind of in this industry or in this arena know what this feeling is. But this gal was singing a song and she's in the middle of the stage and she's got her arms out like this and she's just singing to the world and you can tell that that's like just a highlight of hers right. you know you can and i was watching her do that and my brain went oh i want to do that uh-huh. i want that i'm going to go do that and you you see it and sometimes you're like i didn't know i wanted that till i saw it and so when i auditioned for cabaret that's what oliver asked me he's like what brings you here today and i'm like Escaped to Margaritaville. <laughs> she just singing her heart out. Yeah. Just, she's just having the time of her life. And I was like, oh, I want that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I tell people my passions, talking to people about their other passions and so forth. Uh, and it's just great. I recall um, years ago when I was at the Callaway, uh, and that was back in the days before the Hegg Brothers had the Holiday Jam. Yeah. Uh, there was Acoustic Christmas. And then one year, Acoustic Christmas decided to do an Easter show as well. And so they came in and uh, chatted about that, and uh, I was interviewing them, and we had to go to a commercial break, but they all had their guitars with them. I said, well, uh, and it was uh, Mike Connor and Boyd Bristow mm-hmm. that were in there. I said, well, can you play us out to the break? And they just started in on this acoustic guitar bit, and I'm looking at them, and I see this just glow, and it's like, that's joy. Yep. That's what true joy is all about. Yep. Is that what you get on stage? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be, especially, there are particular songs that mm-hmm. when I'm singing them, and my brain will go, holy crap, this is so cool what you get to do on the weekends. <laughs> and I'll be up there, and it will kind of hit me what I'm doing. Right. Especially if there's a big crowd, and especially if, like, you know, we're, we've got good energy that night. Mm-hmm. And then my, <laughs> the other part of my brain goes, you, you can freak out later. You need to focus. Uh-huh. You have things yeah. to do. <laughs> so definitely when I'm up there and just having a great time and singing and my brain goes, this is so cool. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <laughs> What's a song you haven't sung yet that you want to? Um, On stage? Yeah. With the band? Um, I probably... I would love to do Barracuda by Heart. Mm. Um, Classic. I don't want to disrespect Heart <laughs> without, <laughs> by not nailing it, you know. So, I I would love to do more bluesy stuff, jazzy mm-hmm. stuff up there maybe, but I don't know if I can convince the boys of that, mm. you know. There, there might be that artistic difference part. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah. It's it's what it is. But you're not afraid to bring it up. No, huh? Yeah. No, there's a lot of compromise. They are willing right. to do some Whitney Houston and <laughs> Tina Turner, and you know. Well, you know that's the thing is, uh, you know, think of how many things ended up being incredibly great that somebody might have initially been going, "Oh, do I even bring it up?" Yeah, and then it ends up that way. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm a direct person. I mean, I don't. You'll never you don't mess wonder, around. You'll do you? never wonder what I'm thinking. <laughs> I have two teenagers. I kind of work in cubicle world. Like, uh huh. I don't have. Well, uh, my cubicle world is now at home, at least. That's nice. Yeah, I can work at home if I need to. But, oh, there you go. You know, yeah, I, I go to the office that part because it makes me shower. <laughs> well, that's what lunch is for here. <laughs> shower during lunch, maybe after the yeah. Yep. Although, um, 
occasionally I do have a, a rule called the no shower Saturday. Oh, I don't blame you there. Yeah, but that only happens if we're not going out to something afterward. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, like this weekend, it's going to be crazy, Frank. Yep. So I'll have to shower after work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Is he doing karaoke this weekend? Yes, he is at uh, Red Rock. Okay. Yeah. Is that so, Saturday? Second Saturday of the month, though, okay. is for him. Yeah. And, I like uh, going out and singing karaoke oh, with Frank. Yeah. He's a dandy, isn't he? Oh, yeah. What a great guy. Plus, I have another project for him to do. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Good. Put yeah. him to work. Keep yeah, him busy. Exactly. He loves that. He does. He and the Gooch. Mm -hmm. The Gooch overlooks, you know, she takes They're care of it. They're a great team. Yeah. For those that aren't aware, Gooch is uh, Ava, his uh, young daughter. Yep. And it's just uh, funny to see the whole relationship that uh, the two of them have yep. anywho all right so what else in the entertainment world is just pulling on your strings um i would probably have to say i would i've been trying to put it together but of course it keeps falling by the wayside with everything else going on but um i've worked in geriatrics for 25 years mm -hmm. up until a couple of years ago and be working in a nursing home can be considered not your most glamorous nursing job in the world but um there's a difference between doing what you love and doing something you're good at and sometimes what you're doing is both and when i worked in the nursing home i both loved it and i was dang good at it mm -hmm. i was good at it alzheimer's dementia end of life all of it I rocked it out of the park. I knocked it out. But I haven't, I miss my old people. Right. So I'm wanting to get some acoustic help and maybe do special music yeah. at the assisted Good living and nursing you. homes in the area. You know, that's another thing we see so often around uh, this community too is that um, we're not just doing art and entertainment for the entertainment and artistic value. We're also doing it for good things. Correct. Yeah. To fill people's buckets. Yeah. It's been uh, very good to see that. All right. So, Valerie Aarons, I'd like to end with uh, two questions. Uh, sometimes answer number one will fulfill number two. But let's just uh, start off here. When you're not part of the entertainment scene, what do you like to be entertained by? TikTok. <laughs> I have finally had to go on to TikTok because, you know, we have an 11 year old granddaughter for one mm -hmm. thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, with promoting the show, too, I, I've got a young uh, gentleman that says, Dave, come on, you really got to get on TikTok. And so he produced something for me. And I got like four hits, and I'm like, oh, come on, really? He says, Give yeah. Give time, yeah. He said, but uh, I had, when he posted it on his own, because he's already got a following, he says, I had 4,000. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, okay. I originally joined to keep an eye on my daughter and mm -hmm. keep up with the music and the lingo. Um, it kind of took a took on a mind of its own. Um, we did have one fun viral video that was a, that was pretty cool. Awesome. Sixteen seconds of our life, and famous Dave sent us a hundred dollar gift certificate for it. Nice, which is pretty cool. We were on House of Highlights and Barstool Sports, and you know all that different. It was uh, interesting. I definitely don't know if I could ever be famous because even that little fifteen seconds was a bit much generated a lot of mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but i i like tiktok because i actually learn a lot lots of mm -hmm. dogs lots of recipes <laughs> you know all sorts of stuff that's I like true it. i like yeah. it over there <laughs> all right final question then uh, question number two would be any other hobbies any other hobbies um halloween is certainly a hobby it's taken on a life of its own at my house and As my dogs. in you make your own haunted house type thing? Or well, what? Um, next year is DIY Halloween. So all of my DIYs that have been sitting there waiting to be built mm -hmm. are happening next year. Um, but we start August 1st with our decorating and oh my. Um, all the good stuff. My spotlights came in from Amazon last week. And I have my 12-foot skeleton. You're ready to go. We're going to put together, yep. So Halloween's a big hobby. My dogs probably take up most of my other free time. Mm -hmm. So, All right. And the kids, too. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> They're all right. We'll keep them. All right. Valerie Aarons, thank you so much. Appreciate your time and uh, your willingness to be on the Dave Holly Hour. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. 
They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at XL Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or xlchiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. XL Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. Arts and entertainment lovers, you hit the mark. It's the Dave Holly Hour. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, yeah. I might as well say it because you know I'm going to say it. It's always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. We talk to the creatives, the creators. We talk to the actors, the directors, the executive directors, and sometimes we find them all in one person. Because it's always a pleasure as well to introduce a new guest to the show. And we have Casey Ring, who has just wrapped up a few years, doing the executive director thing at Old Town Dinner Theater, having directed and also having acted. Welcome, Casey. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really well, appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad you reached out, and uh, it's uh, you were on the radar anyway. And then it's like, oh, he's leaving Old Town? What's going on here? Yep. So let's start there. What's going on here? <laughs> well, um, I, you know, I absolutely love my time at Old Town. It uh, gave me an opportunity to not only experience the acting, directing, artistic side of theater, which I'd been involved in for a long time, but then get into the business side and... I uh, finally got to a point where I wanted to pursue my end my end game, which is uh, my MFA. Okay. So, yep, that's what I'm heading for. Yep. Awesome. Good MFA in directing. And and you'll be doing that uh, at Mankato, correct? Minnesota State Mankato. Okay. That's correct. Go Mavs. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, I was a Mustang. Yeah, fair enough. At Southwest Minnesota State University. Except yep. I'm so damned old, it was only SSU back then. <laughs> That's okay. I came from Augustana College, oh, so true. I understand yes. the point. Yep, I understand the feeling. Yeah. All right. So in directing, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that you know, that's the great thing about uh, you know, you hear a lot about master's degrees, and you know, there's the infamous MBA, mm -hmm. but the MFA. You could narrow that down. You could put a pinpoint on that, that you're going to get it in directing. Exactly, yep. What made you want that more so than, you know, like theater management or uh, anything along that line? Honestly, for me, and maybe uh, it, it probably comes down to me being a little bit of a micromanager. And I can uh, I can admit that. I can own that. Yeah. My actors who have worked with me will tell you that sometimes I get, like, right up near them. Um, we I know we did, like, a kissing scene at one point with two new actors. And they were like, yeah, Casey was, like, 10 inches away from us the first time. <laughs> to be like, okay, now, and then and then this way, and then that way. Um, no, I like, uh, I like to direct because I like to... I like to have a full view of all of it. I like to be the person who has the big picture. And uh, and that's kind of what I want to go to school for, is to do that better, to see mm -hmm. that big picture and to be able to prevent a full or present a full vision to okay. everyone. Yeah, so. because, you know, I, I think that's the more that uh, we attend theater uh, locally is we're finding that out. Uh, that, you know, besides the traditional Oklahoma's as musicals and so forth, that uh, we're finding interesting plays. We're finding musicals that are being done in a different way and that every director is putting their mark on it. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll take a cabaret recently uh, at the Premier Playhouse. Uh, I saw that 25 or whatever, however many years ago it was that uh, Sect had put it on. Mm -hmm. And when I left the Sect production, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great uh, musical and, and, you know, life is a cabaret and singing and all that sort of stuff. I go to this and I come on and I'm like, oh, wow, that is such an incredible story. How did I not get that the first time? Yep. And so it, it does come down to how the director interprets that script Absolutely. and then where they want to go with it. Give us an example of one that uh, you said, okay, you know, here's, here's the typical type stuff, but... Here's the Casey Ring approach. Absolutely. Um, it's 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 interesting. My 
my path through directing uh, started out with uh, actually Corson art players, the yeah, Corson art, pl- art players. Um, I Brian Shipper, um, who I can't say enough great things about, um, was my mentor, and he started giving me basically what was in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. um, to direct. Which at that time I had come out of improv actually, okay. and so I actually started out there with um, Complete History of America abridged, right, and so that play itself is all these series of vignettes it's people playing themselves but telling the story of america in these these lotsies really it, it goes back to this this italian you know background um of commedia and and so i tried to view it in that way and finding these bits of physical humor that we could just throw in and do big and um, at the time, you know, like my girlfriend was one of the cast members and I hit her in the face of the pie every single <laughs> night. Uh, I don't know how she felt about that, but she went with it. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I would say that was one way that I addressed that kind of show, which on the surface is very much just a silly farce, mm-hmm. you know, or not even a farce, but a silly, just quirky, look, yeah, yeah, quirky look at you know American history, and I tried to look at it from the view of okay, but it has its roots here. Mm-hmm. This is where we're pulling from. How do we get back to that? How do we, you know, pay homage to that? Um, and so that's what I tried to do with that one. Um, fast forward years later, uh, we got to a season and. Um, I had finally gotten to a point at Old Town where I had done executive for a while and I was willing to go into actually directing. And I remember talking to some of the board members and saying, like, I'd, I'd like to do one show. I'd like to direct a show this year. And they have, you know, everyone was like, oh, Boeing, Boeing, because I had just <laughs> been in Boeing, Boeing out of Corson. You know, I had acted in Boeing, right. Boeing. So they were like, oh, you want to do Boeing, Boeing? And I said, no, I want to dial in for murder. Because mm. um, I wanted to I wanted to do something completely new. I wanted to do something that was really going to challenge me. And again, from that side, I kind of flipped it on the other end where I looked at it from the, the side of, okay, this is a very serious show. This is a very like intense show. There's no way to get away from that and we shouldn't try to, but how do we find the funny? How do we find those moments of levity and, and you know, the moments to give the audience a breath while still maintaining that? And so that's what I looked at that from that side. Yeah, and uh, you talk about Corkson, you talk about Old Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us an idea on what types of things each represents in terms of a theater? Sure. And they are completely different. And trying to compare them is like apples and oranges. Oh, true. Yeah, I'm not looking for comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just getting more of a, let's let's set the scene of each. Corson, to me, and if Brian were here, he'd probably fight me on this and beat me up. And that's okay. He'll, the next time we have a drink together, he'll beat yeah. me up. Um, <laughs> but Corson, to me, has become this very, this in an artist theater. It's becoming very much a an actor's theater. It, it's there for actors and directors and writers to to kind of try things out. And that's awesome because I don't know that we have much of that in the Sioux Empire area True. at this time, you know. Um, and Corson's kind of filling that niche in a really fun way. Um, and so I really love a lot of what they've been doing and pushing. I mean, you were there. We just saw uh, Sarah Corey oh. out there. Yeah, which amazing something you'd never see i think yep. anywhere else um in, in the sioux empire area and and they're filling that niche and and i love that for them whereas i think old town has very much and is very much that place where you're going to see fantastic quality you're going to see um a ama- or you're going to get an amazing meal and you're going to get to relax and enjoy right. a night out you know so very yeah different. It's, it has it has probably uh, more of a quote-unquote business model to it absolutely yep. yeah whereas corson's looking to to produce some great things and they do and then old town you know that you just like you explained it uh, that you know it's going to be a great meal you're going to have a fun time you're going to kick back and so forth and still see a great show mm-hmm. uh and and a lot of farces Absolutely. Yep. You're going to have a night of laughter. Exactly. Yep. You're, you're going to get a good time out of it. Yep. And it, it's a shame if you don't, mm-hmm. uh, because it is a, a great quality uh, production that still takes place. Now, what is it that uh, immediately got you interested in, you know, give us a time frame as a kid and so forth? Where'd you go? This oh, theater gosh. thing. And then where did it become? You, you mentioned a little bit about flipping over toward the directing part. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's yeah. Going back my first show, I think I was in a show about hygiene when I was like 
in third grade. <laughs> My dad threatens me with the, the tape every once in a while because apparently I managed to work both fingers into my nose. Uh, so that's solid. That's what you want to hear. Uh, but yeah, no. So I went from there. Junior high, I ended up in a random role for just a kitschy show called Spy TV. And it was it was the quote unquote lead. Um, but it was just something that I thought was fun and that I wanted to try out. And then from there on to high school, um, the first time I really directed wasn't until probably college. And even that was just kind of in classes and things mm-hmm. like that, you know? Um, and so I finally got to the point where I knew that what I wanted to do and the reason that I'm going on with my education and like there, there are plenty of people who do amazing work and don't need to get a master's or anything like that. Um, they do amazing work without it and don't need it. But the reason that I wanted to go on was because I actually want to teach and coach and I want to develop the next generation of those people in theater and, and things like that. And to do that and to, to you know, you kind of have to be in the collegiate setting. setting. And so that's why I wanted to get back that academia exactly. And I had already done some directing and really loved it. And fortunately, had some actors uh, and and performers who came to me and said, like, really loved working with you. This is why. And it turns out that yes, while I'm very demanding, (laughs) uh, that micromanager, yeah, a little bit, like a little bit. uh, While I might be a little demanding, um, that they also felt like they got good performances out of that and we we've been able to have great talks about that and so that made me realize that yes this is the path for me the the guidance the directing the mentoring is the path for me so yeah what made you decide on uh mankato Mankato was on my radar for years. Um, they have such a phenomenal program. And it's the weirdest thing. Cause like when people tell, like when I tell people that's like, I got into my top school and they're like, where, where is it? And I'm like, Mankato. And they're like, your top school? And I'm like, yes, no, like really, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is, is that they've had a phenomenal program for years. Um, the shows they put on, the way that they're able to operate is phenomenal and to be a part of that kind of legacy and the the things they've been able to create is is truly a blessing and and an honor for me so so during this time uh first of all one year program two year program three year program three year program yeah for the mfa MFA, it's a terminal degree so it's they they run you through everything yeah no kidding so how much will you have a chance to direct during i start this year no kidding. Yep. My okay. first show is at home on the zoo. Okay. Uh, it'll be uh, this this spring. Uh, Edward Albee's at home at the zoo. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Hey, jump right into it. Right you in. Jump right into it here soon. Twentieth uh, is your move-in date. Yep. Uh, and the twenty-third clashes. Yep. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll we'll so, yeah. sidetrack for just a moment. Uh, tell us the reason that you particularly got this apartment. Why? Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. The the reason that we got this apartment where I can move, I only get to move in a few days earlier, is because I have a Saint Bernard, um, and we need a first floor apartment uh, with uh, in suite laundry and central air to make sure that I can keep up with everything and that he stays <laughs> and cool. to keep a, a Saint Bernard exactly. good temperature. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so, awesome. And that means we had to take whatever they'd give us. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, three-year program, you're going to be directing already in the spring. Mm-hmm. What other paces do they put you through then? Oh, tons. Um, I mean, I, I will be involved in everything. Like, I also will be working in the box office immediately. Okay. Um, I'll be, like, helping to run the box office and, and work through that. Um, and and that'll be a lot of fun and, and back in my wheelhouse a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from then, like, I mean, it's... It's everything from movement classes to directing classes to acting classes to I mean, they make sure that you get a full view of everything um, and that you are indeed a well-rounded student. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I will have my focuses and I even get to pick a couple of things uh, that maybe, you know, I might focus on, which I don't know. And in fact, one of them might be 
like podcasting radio broadcasting <laughs> and thing or acting voice acting and things like that oh so, exactly could be fun uh but yeah so it, it will be a full view of of everything and yeah the entire time um i might even end up doing a little teaching that's that's in the possibility to start true yeah, so grand you know, teaching. Yep, exactly yeah because yeah i will i will have my grad assistantship so yeah wow and uh, what are you hoping it brings for you? Then you talked earlier about uh, you want to be an educator. It is exactly if, that. If, if it just just that, yep. that, that's the main focus. We put a bullseye on in, it. In four years' time, I would like to be known as Professor Ring. So uh, that is... I look forward to being able to call you and absolutely. say, uh, Professor Ring, would you like to be on the show? Exactly. Remember when. And I will. Yes. <laughs> I would love to. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's. Well, you and goal. Ruthie got to be on at the same time. We're looking forward to that. We've already been talking about it and making sure that we cover our bases on stories we can and can't tell you exactly uh, i will let you know i'm the one who will tell you stories that she ends up kicking me in the shins under the table for okay yeah um (laughs) so you will have a winter break Yes, of okay. course. Well, we'll maybe have to be after this. We'll we'll get out the calendars and start looking already. I would love it. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, so, in terms of being a director, mm-hmm. what do you think you bring to being a director besides your micromanagement? That you already mentioned. <laughs> I need to find a better term. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, and it's it's funny because like uh, I always tell every one of my casts the the first night that we start like a show. Um, not not the read through, but the next night when we're actually getting to blocking, I do mm-hmm. a sit down and talk to them about my directing style. And one of the things I say is that I'm a pseudo organic director. The reason I say pseudo is because I find when people say they're an organic director, what they really mean is they're a lazy director. <laughs> that they're like, yeah, you just you go go ahead. And so I've what heard I heard that about Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we could have another take. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it for me. It's I have a clear vision. I have everything planned, but. I try to make sure that I leave room for people to surprise me. So when I'm blocking, for instance, even early stages, I will let people just go. If they're doing things organic, they're doing things naturally, I won't stop them just because they're not what's on my page so long as it's working. It's just that then when it stops working, we figure out a way to get back to where it's working. And so I feel like what I bring to directing or what I and what's been really instilled to me by the people who taught me um, was this idea of be prepared, but be flexible. Mm-hmm. And so I try to do that now. And they're including Ruthie. Ruthie can tell you a story about this. Uh there are times when we get to a that point of nope this is my vision and this is what you want to do we're going to do it my way um because that's my job as a director and i think True. most directors would tell yeah, you you, that. you can't be milk toast exactly yeah. it's you want to try it this way i gave you the chance to try it and it didn't work all right so you had some improv background yep. so how much does that come into you i'm sure it came in a lot as an actor mm-hmm but how much are you going to allow it as a director? Oh, all the time. Okay. Because that's actually the other thing that some, and in fact, Brian Shipper, who is kind of my directing mm-hmm. mentor, has given me a lot of a hard time for this. That's one of the reasons I think that I can't stay off the stage when I'm directing. Like when we're <laughs> going through blocking, when we're trying mm-hmm. things, when we're working things, I'm on stage and I'm I'm right around them and working through it. And every once in a while, stop, like, okay, can you try it this way? And like, look, like, try or the, it. Or like, the 10 minutes working on the kissing scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so... Yeah, for me, that is the improv part, is looking at it from the side of like, oh, but what if? Like, but right. what if you did it this way? Uh, so, yeah. I would assume that the actors really appreciate that. Most of the time. <laughs> I will say most okay. of the time. Because the times when they have a very strong feeling or very strong, like, this is how I see it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's great for your character. Mm-hmm but it doesn't fit with everything else we've built. It Humor me with... and try it my way. Yep, exactly. It's it's your 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 partners, the people on stage with you have built other characters and putting all those together, yours stands out. We need to bring it in. We need to find that way that it does blend a little bit. So, What's the first thing when you become professor that you're going to tell your first class? I'm going to tell them that... To me, they are in the noblest of professions. And the reason I say that, and yes, it's completely self-aggrandizing, and I don't care. Uh, 
the reason is is because I think artists in general are out there to simply create. Mm-hmm. To make something, usually something beautiful in some form, some way, shape, or form. And it's, I hope, not just for them. And that to me means that what I will tell my students is what you are doing is noble. Right. And you shouldn't shy away from it. And you shouldn't let somebody talk down to you because of it. Because I think, unfortunately, that happened to me. That's why I don't have my undergrad in theater. Mm-hmm. Is because people told me, like, well... You won't make a living at like, it. Like, what are you going to do yeah. with that, you right. know? And then I ended up working professionally in theater. And so what I would tell them is, what you're doing is noble. And it's worthwhile. And people do want that, even if they want to feel smug in the meantime, you know? So that's what I would tell my students. Do you have a place that you'd like to teach? Nope. I am Not open. open to anything, huh? I am open to wherever they could use me. Okay. So, because I assume wherever they could use me, there will be students. Who do you look up to as a director? Oh. You mentioned uh, locally Brian Shipper as a, yeah. as a mentor. Yep. Big mentor. John Bow too, out at Old Town. Uh, like, I mean, he's one of my oldest friends and best friends. Great guy. Just fantastic. Um, but, I, yeah, if you want to go higher up than that, like, Jaina Shipper was, or, uh, sorry, Jana, uh, no, no, not Jana Fitzsimmons. Jana Fitzsimmons, sorry. Yeah. Got tied up with uh, <laughs> different names. But, yeah, Jana Fitzsimmons was also one of my, like, professors back in the day that really mm-hmm. sculpted me. So you um, went to Southwest Minnesota State University. Yeah, I did know yeah. that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Dave Workman as well, or Dan Workman as well. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, if you get up past that, like, I have directors that other people really look down on. Like, I love Kenneth Branagh. And I'm going to hold to that. Yeah. Like, partially because Jaina, like, pushed Shakespeare into me. So. Yeah. <laughs> Very and, much so. And I never minded <laughs> Kenneth Branagh in his Shakespearean roles. And, I, and people will judge me for that, and I don't care. Uh, but, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I have a lot of respect for basically anyone who can do it. Because I think there's a the, – directing is one of those, those – uh, skills those jobs that people don't fully understand they see what actors do and they assume that that was all actors right. doing it um and so directors sometimes get pushed back to the, the background and so yeah anybody who can hold that together not only bring out good performances but also like really be able to manage and work with and hold that diverse of a group of people together respect so um i think what people forget too is the blocking (laughs) yeah you know they have no idea or i shouldn't say they have no idea but for those that have never been in theater been in a uh, a player a musical they don't understand the blocking that takes place Mm -hmm. and you know when you start uh you've got your first reading then you you get on a stage and usually there's no set yet and you just start moving around a little bit yep. and maybe you're not even rehearsing in the place that you're going to be performing at. And so then finally, when you get to go do the dress rehearsals and the tech and so forth, and it, it's like all new again, but at least you're off book. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that is the forgotten part and of the so director's hard. job. It's and hard for the directors and it's so hard on the actors. I always call it to my actors when we talk about it, you're eat your vegetables rehearsals because that's what it is those are not the fun ones and granted Mm -hmm. i i've like i've tried to make that easier and i've had some actors who've been like that was okay Mm -hmm. that's the best i've gotten to is basically (laughs) that was okay because again we try i try to make it fun and things but yeah that's blocking is tough and the worst part from a directing standpoint is that a good i'd say 30% of the time, at least where I'm at in my 30 to 40% of the time, at least where I'm at in my experience, it's wrong. I look at it once it's on stage, once I actually have people doing it and go, nope, not at all. And we have to rework it. Right. So then the rehearsals change. Yep. And I'm sure the worst part of it from an actor's standpoint is that a good 30 to 40% of it is wrong (laughs) and they have to rework everything that I just told them to do. So, yeah, no, that's tough. It is tough because 
as much as you can work with like models, I draw, for me personally, I draw football diagrams is basically how I okay. do my blocking before. My pre-blocking is all football diagrams where I draw, this person goes here on this line, this person like, and I have the X's, X's and O's, and O's yep, yeah. just written out in my notepad next to my script. And like, I just go over that and over that. And then all of a sudden you, and I, the one that I will say for sure, uh, dial in for murder, my, one of my leads, uh, Tony was six foot five. Yeah. And I did not plan for that in pre-blocking. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we got into it. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah no, you can't see her. consider you can't a few things. Him, you yeah. can't see this. Yeah. <laughs> so. What's the craziest thing you've ever done as a director? Craziest thing. Uh, directing, I tend to stay pretty tame. Like I said, I think the craziest thing would probably be hitting hitting my girlfriend with the pie. With the pie. Every night. Um yeah, past that, everything. Oh, uh, I did. I will say this isn't crazy necessarily, but I will say it was one of the moments, like where I'm like, ah, I feel good about that. Like it's the pat yourself on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I did another kind of improvisational style show called Every Christmas Story Ever Told, and the way I kind of set the the set was to have various different evocations of Christmas. So there was like. In the background, you had these kind of like Verlin Ives, like, you know, pictures and paintings. Right. On the one side, you had this very classic and like old timey, uh, like fireplace and chair set next to it and Christmas decorations. And yeah, so all around it was just different things. And I tried to kind of meld them. But the thing that I was proud of was I needed kind of like a farce for actors to be able to come and go very quickly from various spots and so one of the entrances i made was actually out of the fireplace where (laughs) actors and actresses could actually climb out from the fireplace and keep going (laughs) so all right yeah so we've come to our end for the most part here fair enough uh but uh you know we we could talk for hours obviously (laughs) i was gonna say i was like i feel like we just got started but all right uh but uh you know before we get to the typical last two questions that i like to ask we of course you know um do have a little bit of a tie because it is family related you and i are not family Mm -hmm. but was it your sister? Yeah. That was my mother's physical yep. therapist or something. Yep. Yeah. So then my mother would keep telling me this. Well, he's at the old town. He's, I don't know what he does down there. And, so, <laughs> and then, of course, she got the name wrong. And then she was and like, oh, God. Yep. He's got to be talking about Casey. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we, we have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm sure your sister can probably tell some stories on my mother. I won't ask unless um, you want me to. I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, we have a family. Family vacation coming up here in a few right. days. So, Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> uh, then we come to the uh, the questions of, okay, when you're not in the entertainment and arts scene, what do you like to be entertained by? Oof. Um, so, I mean, I am, uh, I will, I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. You and Shipper. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. He was actually my first DM, and now I DM for a few games. Um, and so I do that a lot. Um, and then past that, I like to read. I like to write. Um, I'm actually working on, and by working on, I mean a come back to it and write a few lines and then stop. I'm actually writing a show right now. Awesome. Uh, it's a dark comedy ghost story. So, Oh, fun. Yeah. We... It's very much about a modern setting or modern setting. Okay. It's basically a guy out walking his dog, sees this woman in a in a very uh, like uh, uh, I want to say it's like Civil War era dress standing in the mm-hmm. in the like window, and instead of running, instead of being freaked out, waves. And so what I've written so far is like, or one of the things I've written so far is her opening monologue where she is describing like her view as a ghost and talking about her past and everything that's happened and then sees the guy, just a random dude waving at her. And the end of that monologue is, is, is he waving at me? <laughs> like, and yeah, so their relationship. Well, we, we look forward to any working title yet. Uh, no, okay. uh, I think I think what I've written at the type top as a working title is the woman in the window. Okay. So, yep. All right. Well, we look forward to that too. Absolutely. Yeah, look forward to catching up with uh, you and Ruthie at uh, maybe uh, Christmas time, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, as well, uh, all the way down through the career until we get to say we're now speaking with 
Professor Rag. <laughs> uh, I'm look, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, any other hobbies? Oh, uh, past that, D and D, writing, reading. Um, I guess. No, that's uh, that and theater. That takes up my it life. Takes the time. Yeah, that takes all of it. Well, and so. you know, but it, it's also a great thing when we. Uh, I love to ask those questions again, and a great majority of our artists, whether actor, director, musician, singer, songwriter, that's pretty much it. Even the ones that are making a full time living at it are still doing that the rest of the time. I was going to say. Or taking it in and appreciating it. At the end of the day, we're artists. Exactly. And we want to create create. art. Yep. And we're so thankful you do. Thank you. All right. Casey Ring, it's been a pleasure. Look forward to the next time we speak. Absolutely, Dave. All right. We'll be back to wrap up the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. From the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the world headquarters of Big D Entertainment, a 40-square-foot home studio in the middle of America, it's Dave Holly. Thanks again to my great guests, Valerie Ahrens and Casey Ring, to the man who put the R in our wine bar and kitchen, Ricardo Terravelsi, where we recorded our conversation with Casey Ring. The Valerie Ahrens chat was recorded here in the Dipsy Doodle Productions studio. And I certainly cannot forget Every single one of you, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, now over 10,000 downloads. We have over 500 Instagram followers, more than 600 Facebook followers. It makes the rugged one happy. By the way, speaking of, the ruggedly handsome trivia host will be at the Sky NT Friday night. Seinfeld and Friends trivia starting at 7. Then a return for weekly Tuesday trivia at Chasers starting next Tuesday. Saturday night. As in this Saturday night now, a couple days from now, we're headed to the Orpheum to catch Annie Jr. Very much looking forward to this. It's part of the Penguin Project brought to you by the Premier Playhouse where actors and performers of all abilities can be on stage. By the way, then, after we've been to that, we'll head down to the Red Rock at Rowena for Crazy Frank Karaoke. So watch out, Valerie. If you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get all 142 episodes online at DaveHollyHour.com. As Arts South Dakota says, home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by Posh Boutique, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and look for a coffee cup icon in the lower left. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook and you'll be automatically entered in our Pizza with a Podcaster contest. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening. 